chapter number three of five children and it this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. five children and it by e nesbitt chapter three being wanted the morning after the children had been possessors of boundless wealth and had been enabled to buy anything really useful or enjoyable with it except two pairs of cotton gloves twelve penny buns an imitation crocodile skin purse and a ride in a pony cart they awoke without any of the enthusiastic happiness which they had felt on the previous day when they remembered how they had had the luck to find a samede or sand fairy and to receive its promise to grant them a new wish every day for now they had had two wishes beauty and wealth and neither had exactly made them happy but the happening of strange things even if they are not completely pleasant things is more amusing than those times when nothing happens but meals and they are not always completely pleasant especially on the days when it is cold mutton or hash there was no chance of talking things over before breakfast because everyone overslept itself as it happened and it needed a vigorous and determined struggle to get dressed so as to be only ten minutes late for breakfast during this meal some efforts were made to deal with the question of the samede in an impartial spirit but it is very difficult to discuss anything thoroughly and at the same time to attend faithfully to your baby brother's breakfast needs the baby was particularly lively that morning he not only wriggled his body through the bar of his high chair and hung by his head choking in purple but he seized a tablespoon with desperate suddenness hit cyril heavily on the head with it and then cried because it was taken away from him he put his fat fist in his bread and milk and demanded nam which was only a load for tea he sang he put his feet on the table he clamoured to go walkie the conversation was something like this look here about that sand fairy look out he'll have the milk over milk removed to a safe distance yes about that fairy no lamb dear give panther the narky poon then cyril tried nothing we've had yet has turned out he nearly had that mustard that time i wonder whether we'd better wish hello you've done it now my boy and in a flash of glass and pink baby paws the bowl of golden carp in the middle of the table rolled on its side and poured a flood of mixed water and goldfish into the baby's lap and into the laps of the others everyone was almost as much upset as the goldfish the lamb only remaining calm when the pool on the floor had been mopped up and the leaping gasping goldfish had been collected and put back in the water the baby was taken away to be entirely redressed by martha and most of the others had to change completely the pinafores and jackets that had been bathed in goldfish and water were hung out to dry and then it turned out that jane must either mend the dress she had torn the day before or appear all day in her best petticoat it was white and soft and frilly and trimmed with lace and very very pretty quite as pretty as a frock if not more so only it was not a frock and martha's word was law she wouldn't let jane wear her best frock and she refused to listen for a moment to robert's suggestion that jane should wear her best petticoat and call it a dress it's not respectable she said and when people say that it's no use anyone saying anything you'll find this out for yourself some day so there was nothing for it but for jane to mend her frock the hole had been torn the day before she happened to tumble down in the high street of rochester just where a water cart had passed on its silvery way she had grazed her knee and her stocking was much much more than grazed and her dress was cut by the same stone which had attended to the knee and the stocking 
of course the others were not such sneaks as to abandon a comrade in misfortune so they all sat on the grass plot round the sundial and jane darned away for dear life the lamb was still in the hands of martha having its clothes changed so conversation was possible and the and robert timidly tried to conceal their inmost thought which was that the sammy was not to be trusted but cyril said speak out say what you gotta say i hate hinting and don't know and sneakish ways like that so then robert said as in honour bound sneak yourself auntie and me weren't so goldfishy as you two were so we got changed quicker and we have had time to think over it and if you ask me i didn't ask you said jane biting off a needleful of thread as she had always been strictly forbidden to do perhaps you don't know that if you bite off ends of a cotton and swallow them they wind tight round your heart and kill you my nurse told me this and she told me also about the earth going round the sun now what is one to believe what with nurses and science i don't care who asks or who doesn't said robert but anthea and i think the samyad is a spiteful brute if it can give us our wishes i suppose it can give itself its own and i feel almost sure it wishes every time that our wishes shan't do us any good let's let the tiresome beast alone and just go and have a jolly good game of forts on our own in the chalk pit you will remember that the happily situated house where the children were spending their holidays lay between a chalk quarry and a gravel pit cyril and jane were more hopeful they generally were i don't think the samyad does it on purpose cyril said and after all it was silly to wish for boundless wealth fifty pounds in two shilling pieces would have been much more sensible and wishing to be beautiful as a day was simply donkeyish i don't want to be disagreeable but it was we must try to find a really useful wish and wish it jane dropped her work and said i think so too it's too silly to have a chance like this and not use it i never heard of any one else outside a book who had such a chance there must be simply heaps of things we could have wished for that wouldn't turn out dead sea fish like these two things have do let's think hard and wish something nice so that we can have a real jolly day what there is left of it jane darned away again like mad for time was indeed getting on and every one began to talk at once if you had been there you could not possibly have made head or tail of the talk but these children were used to talking by fours as soldiers march and each of them could say what it had to say quite comfortably and listen to the agreeable sound of its own voice and at the same time have three-quarters or two sharp ears to spare for listening to what the others said that is an easy example in multiplication of vulgar fractions but as i dare say you can't even do that i won't ask you to tell me whether three by four into two equals one minus one by two but i will ask you to believe me that this was the amount of ear each child was able to lend to the others lending ears was common in roman times as we learn from shakespeare but i fear i'm getting too instructive when the frock was darned the start for the gravel pit was delayed by martha's insisting on everybody's washing its hands which was nonsense because nobody had been doing anything at all except jane and how can you get dirty doing nothing that is a difficult question and i cannot answer it on paper in real life i could very soon show you or you me which is more likely during the conversation in which the six years were lent there were four children so that some comes right it had been decided that fifty pounds in two shilling pieces was the right wish to have and the lucky children who could have anything in the wide world by just wishing for it hurriedly started for the gravel pit to express their wishes to the samid martha caught them at the gate and insisted on their taking the baby with them 
not want him indeed why everybody would want him a duck with all their hearts they would and you know you promised your ma to take him out every blessed day said martha i know we did said robert in gloom but i wish the lamb wasn't quite so young and small it would be much better fun taking him out he'll mend of his youngness with time said martha and as for smallness i don't think you'd fancy caring of him any more however big he was besides he can walk a bit bless his precious fat legs a ducky he feels the benefit of the new laid air so he does a pet with this and a kiss she plumped the lamb into anthea's arms and went back to make new pinafores on the sewing machine she was a rapid performer on this instrument the lamb laughed with pleasure and said walkie with panty and rode on robert's back with yells of joy and tried to feed jane with stones and altogether made himself so agreeable that nobody could long be sorry that he was of the party the enthusiastic jane even suggested that they should devote a week's wishes to assuring the baby's future by asking such gifts for him as the good fairies give to infant princes in proper fairy tales but anthea soberly reminded her that as the sand fairies wishes only lasted till sunset they could not ensure any benefit to the baby's later years and jane owned that it would be better to wish for fifty pounds and two shilling pieces and buy the lamb a three pound fifteen rocking horse like those in the big stores with a part of the money it was settled that as soon as they had wished for the money and got it they would get mr crispin to drive them into rochester again taking martha with them if they could not get out of taking her and they would make a list of things they really wanted before they started full of high hopes and excellent resolutions they went round the safe slow cart road to the gravel pits and as they went in between the mounds of gravel a sudden thought came to them and would have turned their ruddy cheeks pale if they had been children in a book being real live children it only made them stop and look at each other with rather blank and silly expressions for now they remember that yesterday when they had asked the samiad for boundless wealth and it was getting ready to fill the quarry with the minted gold of bright guineas millions of them it had told the children to run along outside the quarry for fear they should be buried alive in the heavy splendid treasure and they had run and so it happened that they had not had time to mark the spot where the samid was with a ring of stones as before and it was this thought that put such silly on their faces never mind said the hopeful jane we'll soon find him but this though easily said was hard in doing they looked and they looked and though they found their seaside space nowhere could they find the sand fairy at last they had to sit down and rest not at all because they were weary or disheartened of course but because the lamb insisted on being put down and you cannot look very carefully after anything you may have happened to lose in the sand if you have an active baby to look after at the same time get someone to drop your best knife in the sand next time you go to the seashore and then take your baby brother with you when you go to look for it and you will see that i am right the lamb as martha had said was feeling the benefit of the country air and he was as frisky as a sand hopper the elder ones longed to go on talking about the new wishes they would have when or if they found the samid again but the lamb wished to enjoy himself he watched his opportunity and threw a handful of sand into anthea's face and then suddenly burrowed his own head in the sand and waved his fat legs in the air then of course the sand got into his eyes as it had into anthea's and he howled the thoughtful robert had brought one solid brown bottle of ginger beer with him relying on a thirst that had never yet failed him this had to be uncorked hurriedly it was the only wet thing within reach and it was necessary to wash the sand out of the lamb's eyes somehow 
of course the ginger hurt horribly and he howled more than ever and amid his anguish of kicking the bottle was upset and the beautiful ginger beer frothed out into the sand and was lost forever it was then that robert usually a very patient brother so far forgot himself as to say anybody would want him indeed only they don't martha doesn't not really or she'd jolly well keep him with her he's a little nuisance that's what he is it's too bad i only wish everybody did want him with all their hearts we might get some peace in our lives the lamb stopped howling now because jane had suddenly remembered that there is only one safe way of taking things out of little children's eyes and that is with your own soft wet tongue it is quite easy if you love the baby as much as you ought to do then there was a little silence robert was not proud of himself for having been so cross and the others were not so proud of him either you often notice that sort of silence when someone has said something it ought not to and everyone else holds its tongue and waits for the one who oughtn't have said it is sorry the silence was broken by a sigh a breath suddenly let out the children's heads turned as if there had been a string tied to each nose and somebody had pulled all the strings at once and everyone saw the sand fairy sitting quite close to them with the expression which it used as a smile on its hairy face good morning it said i did that quite easily everybody wants him now it doesn't matter said robert sulkily because he knew he had been behaving rather like a pig no matter who wants him there's no one here to anyhow ingratitude said the samid is a dreadful vice we're not ungrateful jane made haste to say but we didn't really want that wish robert only just said it can't you take it back and give us a new one no i can't the sand fairy said shortly chopping and changing it's not business you ought to be careful what do you wish there was a little boy once he had wished for a plesiosaurus instead of an ichthyosaurus because he was too lazy to remember the easy names of everyday things and his father had been very vexed with him and had made him go to bed before tea-time and wouldn't let him go out in the nice flint boat along with the other children it was the annual scoot treat next day and he came and flung himself down near me on the morning of the treat and he kicked his little prehistoric legs about and said he wished he was dead and of course then he was how awful said the children all together only till sunset of course the samid said still it was quite enough for his father and mother and he caught it when he woke up i tell you he didn't turn to stone i forget why but there must have been some reason they didn't know being dead is only being asleep and you're bound to wake up somewhere or other either where you go to sleep or in some better place you may be sure he caught it giving them such a turn why he wasn't allowed to taste megatherium for a month after that nothing but oysters and periwinkles and common things like that all the children were quite crushed by this terrible tale they looked at the samid in horror suddenly the lamb perceived that something brown and furry was near him poof poof poofy he said and made a grab it's not a pussy anthea was beginning when the sand fairy leaped back oh my left whisker it said don't let him touch me he's wet its fur stood on end with horror and indeed a good deal of the ginger beer had been spilt on the blue smock of the lamb the sammy dug with its hands and feet and vanished in an instant in a whirl of sand the children marked the spot with a ring of stones we may as well get along home said robert i'll say i'm sorry but anyway if it's no good it's no harm and we know where the sandy thing is for tomorrow the others were noble no one reproached robert at all 
Siro picked up the lamp, who was now quite himself again, and off they went by the safe cart road. The cart road from the gravel pits joins the road almost directly. At the gate into the road, the party stopped to shift the lamp from Cyril's back to Robert's, and as they passed, a very smart open carriage came inside with a coachman and a groom on the box, and inside the carriage, a lady, very grand indeed, with a dress all white lace and red ribbons and a parasol all red and white, and a white fluffy dog on her lap with a red ribbon round its neck. She looked at the children and particularly particularly at the baby and she smiled at him the children were used to this for the lamb was as all the servants said a very taking child so they waved their hands politely to the lady and expected her to drive on but she did not instead she made the carriageman stop and she beckoned to cyril and when he went up to the carriage he said what a dear darling duck of a baby oh i should so like to adopt it do you think its mother would mind she'd mind very much indeed said anthea shortly oh but i should bring it up in luxury you know i'm lady kittenden you must have seen my photograph in the illustrated papers they call me a beauty you know but of course that's all nonsense anyway she opened the carriage door and jumped out she had the wonderfulest red high-heeled shoes with silver buckles let me hold him a minute she said and she took the lamp and held him very awkwardly as if she was not used to babies then suddenly she jumped into the carriage with its lamp in her arms and slammed the door and said drive on the lamb roared the little white dog barked and the coachman hesitated drive on i tell you cried the lady and the coachman did for as he said afterwards it was as much as this place was worth not to the four children looked at each other and then with one accord they rushed after the carriage and held on behind down the dusty road went the smart carriage and after it at double quick time ran the twinkling legs of the lamb's brothers and sisters the lamb howled louder and louder but presently his howls changed by slow degrees to hiccupy gurgles and then all was still and they knew he had gone to sleep the carriage went on and the eight feet that twinkled through the dust were growing quite stiff and tired before the carriage stopped at the lodge of a grand park the children crouched down behind the carriage and the lady got out she looked at the baby as it lay on the carriage seat and hesitated the darling i won't disturb it she said and went into the lodge to talk to the woman there about a setting of eggs that had not turned out well the coachman and footman sprang from the box and bent over the sleeping lamp fine boy wish he was mine said the coachman he wouldn't favour you much said the groom sourly too handsome the coachman pretended not to hear he said wonder at her now i do really hates kids good none of our own can can't abide other folkses the children crouched in the white dust in the carriage exchanged uncomfortable glances tell you what the coachman went on firmly blow if i don't hide the little nipper in the hedge and tell her his brothers took him then i'll come back for him afterwards no you don't said the footman i've took to that kid so as ever never was if anyone's to have him it's me so there stop your talk the coachman rejoined you don't want no kids and if you did one kid's the same as another to you but i'm a married man and a judge of breed i knows a first-rate yearling when i sees him i'm a-going to have him and least said soonest mended i should have thought said the footman sneeringly you'd almost enough what with alfred and albert and louis and victor stanley and elena beatrice and another the coachman hit the footman in the chin 
the footman hit the coachman in the waistcoat the next minute the two were fighting here and there in and out up and down and all over everywhere and the little dog jumped on the box of the carriage and began barking like mad cyril still crouching in the dust waddled on bent legs to the side of the carriage farthest from the battlefield he unfastened the door of the carriage the two men were far too much occupied with their quarrel to notice anything took the lamb in his arms and still stooping carried the sleeping baby a dozen yards along the road to where a stile led into a wood the other swallowed and there among the hazels and young oaks and sweet chestnuts covered by high strong-scented brake fern they all lay hidden till the angry voices of the men were hushed at the angry voice of the red and white lady and after a long and anxious search the carriage at last drove away my only hat said cyril drawing a deep breath as the sound of wheels at last died away everyone does want him now and no mistake that samyad has done us again tricky brute for any sake let's get the kid kids safe home so they peeped out and finding on the right hand only lonely white road and nothing but lonely white road on the left they took courage on the road and they are carrying the sleeping lamb adventures dogged their footsteps a boy with a bundle of faggots on his back dropped his bundle by the roadside and asked to look at the baby and then offered to carry him but anthea was not to be caught that way twice they all walked on but the boy followed and cyril and robert couldn't make him go away till they had more than once invited him to smell their fists afterwards a little girl in a blue and white checked pinafore actually followed them for a quarter of a mile crying for the precious baby and then she was only got rid of by threats of tying her to a tree in the wood with all their pocket handkerchiefs so that the bears can come and eat you as soon as it, it gets dark said cyril severely then she went off crying it presently seemed wise to the brother and sisters of the baby who was wanted by everyone to hide in the hedge whenever they saw anyone coming and thus they managed to prevent the lamb from arousing the inconvenient affection of a milkman a stone-breaker and a man who drove a cart with a paraffin barrel at the back of it they were nearly home and the worst thing of all happened turning a corner suddenly they came upon two vans a tent and a company of gypsies encamped by the side of the road the vans were hung all around with the wicker chairs and cradles and flower stands and feather brushes a lot of ragged children were industriously making dust pies in the road two men lay on the grass smoking and the three women were doing the family washing in an old red watering can with the top broken off in a moment every gypsy men women and children surrounded anthea and the baby let me hold him little lady said one of the gypsy women who had a mahogany-coloured face and dust-coloured hair i won't hurt a hair of his head the little picture i'd rather not said anthea let me have him said the other woman whose face was also of the hue of mahogany and her hair jet-black and greasy curls i have nineteen of my own so i have no said anthea bravely but her heart bit so that it nearly choked her then one of the men pushed forward swap me if it ain't he cried my own long-lost child have ye a strawberry mark on his left here no then he's my own babby stolen from me in innocent infancy and tame over and will not have it the law own ye this time he snatched the baby from anthea who turned scarlet and burst into tears of pure rage the others were standing quite still this was much the most terrible thing that had ever happened to them even being taken up by the police in rochester was nothing to this sir was quite white and his hands trembled a little but he made a sign to the others to shut up 
he was silent a minute thinking hard then he said we don't want to keep him if he's yours but you see he's used to us you shall have him if you want him no no cried auntie and cyril glared at her of course we want him said the woman trying to get the baby out of the man's arms the lamb howled loudly oh he's hurt shrieked auntie and cyril in a savage undertone bader stop it you trust me he whispered look here he went on he's awfully tiresome with people he doesn't know very well suppose we stay here a bit till he gets used to you and then when it's bedtime i give you my word of honor we'll go away and let you keep him if you want to and then when we're gone you can decide which of you is to have him as you all want him so much that's fair enough said the man who was holding the baby trying to loosen the red neck kerchief which the lamp had caught hold of and drawn round his mahogany throat so tight that he could hardly breathe the gypsies whispered together and cyril took the chance to whisper too he said sunset we'll get away then and then his brothers and sisters were filled with wonder and admiration at his having been so clever as to remember this oh do let him come to us said jane see we'll sit down here and take care of him for you till he gets used to you what about dinner said robert suddenly the artist looked at him with scorn fancy bothering about your beastly dinner when you're br i mean when the baby jane whispered hotly robert carefully winked at her and went on you won't mind my just running home to get our dinner he said to the gypsy i can bring it out here in a basket his brothers and sisters felt themselves very noble and despised him they did not know his thoughtful secret intention but the gypsies did in a minute oh yes they said and then fetched the police with a pack of lies about it being your baby instead of ours did you ever catch a weasel asleep they asked if you're hungry you can pick a bit along us said the light-haired gypsy woman not unkindly here levy that blessed kid will howl all his buttons off give him to the little lady and let's see if they can't get him used to us a bit so the lamb was handed back but the gypsies crowded so closely that he could not possibly stop howling then the man with the red handkerchief said here pharaoh make up the fire and you will see to the pot give the kid a chance so the gypsies very much against their will went off to their work and the children and the lamb were left sitting on the grass he'll be all right at sunset jane whispered but oh it's awful suppose they are frightfully angry when they come on to their senses they might beat us or leave us tied to the trees or something no they won't anthea said oh my lamb don't cry any more it's all right fancies go to ducky they aren't unkind people or they wouldn't be going to give us any dinner dinner said robert i won't touch their nasty dinner it would choke me the others thought so too then but when the dinner was ready it turned out to be supper and happened between four and five they were all glad enough to take what they could get it was boiled chicken with onions and some bird rather like a chicken but stringier about its legs and with a stronger taste the lamb had bread soaked in hot water and brown sugar sprinkled on top he liked this very much and consented to let the two gypsy women feed him with it as he sat anthea's lap all that long hot afternoon robert and cyril and anthea and jane had to keep the lamb amused and happy while the gypsies looked eagerly on by the time the shadows grew long and black across the meadows he had really taken to the women with the light hair and even consented to kiss his hand to the children and to stand up and bow with his hand on his chest like a gentleman to the two men 
the whole gypsy camp was in raptures with him and his brothers and sisters could not help taking some pleasure in showing off his accomplishments to an audience so interested and enthusiastic but they longed for sunset we're getting into the habit of longing for sunset cyril whispered how i do wish we could wish something really sensible that would be of some use so that we should be quite sorry when sunset came the shadows got longer and longer and at last there were no separate shadows any more but one soft glowing shadow over everything for the sun was out of sight behind the hill but he had not really set yet the people who made the laws about lighting bicycle lamps are the people who decide when the sun sets she had to do it too to the minute or they would know the reason why but the gypsies were getting impatient now young aunts the red handkerchief man said it's time you were laying off your heads on your pillows so it is the kid's all right and friendly with us now so you just hand him over and go home like you said the women and children came crowding round the lamb arms were held out fingers snapped invitingly friendly faces beaming with admiring smiles but all failed to tempt the loyal lamb he clung with arms and legs to jane who happened to be holding him and uttered the gloomiest roar of the whole day it's no good the woman said hand the little puppet over miss we'll soon quiet him and still the sun would not set tell her about how to put him to bed whispered cyril anything to gain time and be ready to bolt when the sun really does make up its silly old mind to set yes i'll hand him over in just one minute and they began talking very fast but do let me just tell you he has a very warm bath every night and cold in the morning and he has a crockery rabbit to go into the warm bath with him and little samuel saying his prayers in white china on a red cushion for the cold bath and he hates you to wash his ears which you must and if you let the soap get into his eyes the lamb lamb kai said he he had stopped roaring to listen the woman laughed as if i hadn't ever bassed a baby she said come give us a hold of him come to melia my precious gway Elsie," replied the lamb at once yes but anthea went on about his meals really must let me tell you he has an apple or banana every morning and bread and milk for breakfast and an egg for his tea sometimes and i have brought up ten said the black ringleted women besides the others come miss and him over i can bear it no longer i just must give him a hug we ain't settled yet who's used to be esther said one of the men it won't be you esther with seven of em at your tail already i ain't so sure of that said esther's husband ain't and ain't i nobody to have a say neither said the husband of melia zilla the girl said and me i'm a single girl and no one but him to look after i ought to have him hold your tongue shut your mouth don't you show me no more of your imperence everyone was getting very angry the dog gypsy faces were frowning and anxious looking suddenly a change swept over them as if some invisible sponge had wiped away these cross and anxious expressions and left only a blank the children saw that the sun really had set but they were afraid to move and the gypsies were feeling so muddled because of the invisible sponge that had washed away all the feelings of the last few hours out of their hearts that they could not say a word the children hardly dared to breathe suppose the gypsies when they recovered speech should be furious to think how silly they had been all day it was an awkward moment suddenly anthea greatly daring held out the lamp to the red handkerchief man here he is she said the man drew back i shouldn't like to deprive you miss he said hoarsely 
anyone who likes can have my share of him said the other man after all i've got enough of my own said esther he's a nice little chap though said amelia she was the only one who now looked affectionately at the whimpering lamb zilla said if i don't think i must have had a touch of the sun i don't want him then shall we take him away said anthea well suppose you do said the pharaoh heartily and we'll say no more about it and with great haste all the gypsies began to busy about their tents for the night all but amelia she went with the children as far as the bend in the road and there she said let me give him a kiss miss i don't know what made us go for to behave so silly as gypsies don't steal babies whatever they may tell you when you're naughty we've enough of our own mostly but i've lost all mine she leaned towards the lamb and he looking in her eyes unexpectedly put up a grubby soft paw and stroked her face poor poor said the lamb and he let the gypsy woman kiss him and what is more he kissed her brown cheek in return a very nice kiss as all kisses are and not a wet one like some babies give the gypsy woman moved her finger about on his forehead as if she had been writing something there and the same with his chest and his hands and his feet and then she said may he be brave and have the strong head to think with and the strong heart to love with and the strong arms to work with and the strong feet to travel with and always come safe home to his own then she said something in a strange language no one could understand and suddenly added well i must be saying so long and glad to have made your acquaintance and she turned and went back to her home the tent by the grassy roadside the children looked after her till she was out of sight then robert said how silly of her even sunset didn't put her right what rot she talked well said cyril if you ask me i think it was rather decent of her decent said anthea it was very nice indeed of her i think she's a dear she's just too frightfully nice for anything said jane and they went home very late for tea and unspeakably late for dinner martha scolded of course but the lamb was safe i say it turned out we wanted the lamb as much as anyone said robert later of course but do you feel different about it now the sun's set no said all the others together then it's lasted over sunset with us no it hasn't cyril explained the wish didn't do anything to us we always wanted him with all our hearts when we were our proper selves only we were all pigs this morning especially you robert robert bowed as much with a strange calm i certainly thought i didn't want him this morning said he perhaps i was a pig but everything looks so different when we thought we were going to lose him and that my dear children is the moral of this chapter i did not mean it to have a moral but morals are nasty forward beings and will keep putting in their oars where they are not wanted and since the moral has crept in quite against my wishes you might as well think of it next time you feel piggy yourself and want to get rid of any of your brothers and sisters i hope this doesn't often happen but i dare say it has happened sometimes even to you End of chapter. Three.